You're listening to our Wellbeing Podcast. This podcast supports us to redefine health and wellness as we may know it. It encourages us to embrace all aspects of wellbeing and what this means for us, to live with greater ease and joy and to create a purpose-filled life. Katie is a holistic therapist, a life coach, wellness practitioner, meditation teacher, writer and author. She's passionate about self-empowered healing, ways to feel calm through uncertainty and change, embracing self-care as a way of being, to thrive through life transitions. Enjoy listening to inspired conversations with special guests and solo episodes. And if this is your first time listening in, then hit subscribe and you'll receive weekly episodes. Thanks for listening in. You're listening to Your Wellbeing and I'm Katie Jane. I'm so pleased you're listening in today. I'm really, really excited because I'm sharing a, a really lovely conversation today with a beautiful woman and her name is Lisa Thompson and you can find her at Golden Thread Collective and I'll put all her details in the notes at the end. But I just wanted to read what Lisa has on her Instagram profile because that's probably the best place to find her and then I'll let her introduce herself but I just wanted to read a couple of beautiful things that she has there she has follow the golden thread home to the healer within your health and mindset coach and live the life of your dreams by design Lisa hello thank you for joining me here today Hi, Katie. It is so lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about our chat today. Oh, it's a pleasure. I love seeing your face. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, we, we met just last year, didn't we? We did. I In know. a very special course. Yeah. And you, well, you have a meditation now too, don't you? Was it, well, just for listeners in, we met in a a, a meditation course. Well, it was creating meditations, wasn't it? To give us the confidence to create our own meditations and to start sharing those well on Insight Timer, but also other places as well. I loved the course. I thought it was just, it's been just what I personally needed to just create even more. I love it. It's just become a natural extension of, of who I am now. I, I love it. But, it has been so beautiful to watch you since uh, we did that course and just, yeah, it feels like things are just flowing out of you so beautifully. I think, um, yeah, I think I just discovered a natural part of me. I mean, I've been meditating for so long mm-hmm. and I've been teaching meditation too, but when it comes to creating meditations, there's something different about like guiding clients through meditations to actually creating one that, you know, is going to be listened to, you know, that's not in the moment that's going to be, but I just, I don't think I realized that it was just something that comes, that comes naturally and flows naturally. So it's been a beautiful, it was been a beautiful discovery last year. Yeah. And it was, beautiful to meet you and I know you have a lovely meditation that you've created that's on insight timer too don't you yeah I have it's actually called follow the golden thread so it 
links a little to my uh, branding and my business. And yeah, I'm really excited about creating more meditations because same as you, I just really loved the process and felt like it opened up this new opportunity for creativity that I'd not really considered before. And yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, it's really very special, I think, when we find things that, because it's always so different for us all, we're all so unique, but when we find things that feel natural and they flow and they feel ease-filled, you know, and then you can, yeah, I think that's just always the energy. If we feel that energy for ourselves, then others feel it as well. Nothing's forced, you know, it's just a natural extension, yeah. Absolutely. I had always kind of felt like I would love the skills to be a musician, but that doesn't really come very naturally to me. And yeah, I think something from creating meditations I found was it was almost like it it gave me some of that desire, like I'd found something that fit with my skill set, but was really related to something I was looking for and why I wanted to create music or had a desire to want to do that yeah yeah that's interesting you said that I come from a musician background it's always yeah so yeah there's actually one of my meditations that I've played piano in as background music so I might do that in more so I'll see how I go but I um, love that I think even before creating meditations though and just you know knowing that that's been a way to feel so calm within myself, mm-hmm. one of the ways to feel so calm within myself. I've, I think music is a really important part of meditations. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I think it's probably because I've been a musician in a past life, but um, well, I guess I still am now because I still just do it as a passion, but um, yeah. I think I'm a little bit fussy about the music with meditations. <laughs> yeah, I think I choose my meditations, yeah, for, um, not just the words and how, yeah, and how they feel, but also how the music does go alongside. So that was a really interesting thing to discover as well, because I, yeah. again, when you hear from different people about different meditations that they like listening to, you know, some people say that they really love guided meditations with music. Some say that they like guided meditations with no music at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that I could really understand that, yeah. Um, certainly when I do my own meditation practice, which is a Vedic meditation practice, there's, yeah. you know, it's just, it's mantra-based, you know. And yeah. I, I love that it's just sitting in quiet or, or yeah, it's I'm, quiet. It's wherever I am, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm the same. Uh, the meditation that I um, do and find uh, most beneficial for me is the same. It's mantra-based and... Yeah, I love that quiet time. It's yeah. just, yeah, so delicious. I know. I was thinking that yesterday because I had a little bit of a, oh, not not a difficult day, but you know those days that you have where you're, um, you just feel just a little bit stressed or, some, or a yeah. bit overwhelmed by something. So, yeah, and I just have, the, I love those times where you can just sink into a meditation and just feel like, oh, this is just such a relief just such a relief you know to be in this space to create this space and just to simply sit in a chair and just yeah. close my eyes for 20 minutes 
and just to take this time, you know, yeah. just, yeah, that was, I have those experiences all the time, but it was just something that I just really felt so resonant yesterday. Yeah. And yeah. It was just such a reminder of how profound it is. Yeah. They can be the most powerful moments in our day, can't they? When we just yeah. allow ourselves to stop and, just giving ourselves that spaciousness to be able to reflect and be there's, I always find that so much gold surfaces in those moments for me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Lots of inspiration and creativity. Yeah. Yeah. What is the practice that you, you said it's a mantra based practice. So is that transcendental meditation that you practice? That's the one giant mind. Ah, the being. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's the practice. being technique. Yes. The being yeah. technique. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I learned that last year, early last year. Um, and yeah, I just really felt like, uh, you know, prior to that I had been meditating regularly, but just using Sort of different types that I was finding online. I was using guided meditations from different sources, and yeah, that really sort of elevated, I guess, uh, just what I was able to receive and benefit from in terms of meditation. Um, yeah. it was the next step that I was looking for, and yeah. yeah, I've done that same course, the same teacher training. Prior to that, I have been a mindfulness meditation teacher for a long time, mm -hmm. and then. Um, practicing Vedic meditation and then when I saw that course I just thought oh this would be a really beautiful a beautiful technique to learn so yeah I was um, yeah it's been really lovely and I'm looking forward to our call starting again for that yeah for those listening in if you're actually interested or you've been practicing for um, I think it's a year they ask for before you so interest in doing that training but one giant mind is a beautiful platform to to check out um, and if you're new to meditation it is actually a really lovely place to start that you can start with the app can't you lisa on your on your phone and they have a beautiful way that you can take yourself through um a step-by-step -step process each day that can help you to really um yeah, just to introduce yourself ever so gently and slowly and beautifully into this practice of the being technique. And yeah, and then when you've practiced that, if it's your desire, might not be your desire, but if it is your desire to take that further and to um, expand that into any kind of teaching that you feel drawn to, then um, I think after a year, they say that you yeah, can show interest in the course. I certainly recommend it. <laughs> If that's, yeah. I haven't done the teacher training yet, um, so I've just learnt the technique and have been practising that, but it's definitely on the vision board. Yeah, you've got a lot of things that you've been doing, though. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that, but first of all, I thought it might be beautiful if you just... I read those things just from your Instagram, mm -hmm. and you don't have a website as yet, do you? Is that right? No, I don't right. have a website. Yeah. Um, I had full intentions of doing a website when I launched my business. However, business just flowed last year, really oh my, felt a little bit, I won't say effortless because I did work hard to build my business, but 
clients came to me really easily and so I didn't feel at that stage that I needed a website because yeah as needed yeah so that will be in the pipelines but there isn't a website yet I think that's a really beautiful expression of just how we all find our own ways of doing things you know there's no right or wrong way so you know if everyone's listening and they're wondering if they need to follow a set way of starting out (laughs) then Lisa's just given you an example of why you know don't you know don't not start just because you don't have a website if you can you know if you enjoy social media and social media is a place that you enjoy being then clients will find you won't they exactly and I think you know there is a people have this expectation that to be a real business or to or to start you must have a website there's an expectation and I'm living proof that you definitely do not need a website to start a business and to have it run successfully yeah I love that I think I haven't spoken to many people like you in that position. So I think that's really interesting and, yeah, it's really insightful, I think, for a lot of people to think about what works for them and what's aligned for them. Yeah. 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 We're told so often what we need and should do in our lives, but in our businesses especially. Yeah. Yeah, it's just an example to me of you know, do what's right for you. <laughs> so maybe you would just like to just, you know, introduce yourself, you know, to listeners and or things that you would love people to know about you. Yeah, sure. So I have been a social worker and a counsellor for the last approximately 10 years. Um, and I worked in the space of youth. Um, supporting young people and families. And along that journey, I was having my own little journey, personal journey. About six years ago, I was diagnosed with an incurable condition called ankylosing spondylitis, Mm. which is basically arthritis of the spine. And I was told when I was diagnosed that with that, that it would just progressively get worse and worse. And I would have to take heavy anti-inflammatories for the rest of my life. And one day my spine might fuse. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember in that moment, just saying to myself, no, that will not be my life. And really that, that kick started a, a different path for me. And I am forever thankful for that moment. And I, I then went on to just find and research and look for other ways that I might be able to support my own body to, um, to heal what had um, manifested uh, within it. Okay. And the condition no longer exists in my body, mm-hmm. which I am incredibly proud of. Yeah. So that journey, I really felt like that it ignited this kind of strength within me or it returned me to knowing that I have the power within me to support my own journey. And 
I don't need to look external to um, find the answers. And, you know, I am a big believer in, in mentors and, and seeking other modalities to support you, but, but ultimately knowing that everything is already within you. And that was one of the most beautiful gifts that that journey provided me. Mm. And, and then there was this other part of my, I guess, healing journey that I was a little bit lost on and that was around experiencing sexual trauma. So I'd experienced uh, rape when I was younger and not just on one occasion. Mm. And so that for me was this thing that I just so desperately wanted to find answers for but I didn't know where to look. And I think the healing my body of the condition that I had really sparked this fire in me that, oh, if I can do that, then I can find a way to live free of my trauma as well. And I have. And so that has just been the most incredible experience for me. And because I feel like there's been two really significant um, aspects of me that I have, I guess, found answers for that my, my passion and I guess, and my purpose now is to share my story because I really want to inspire others that they too can find the answers within them. And I went on then to study the modalities that supported me the most in my healing so that I can now offer that as a part of my health and mindset coaching. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in December of 2019, I quit all my paid employment and launched full time into this business, um, which has just been the most incredible journey and um, yeah, so beautiful. 2020 was probably one of my best years ever. Yeah, I read that recently of something that you wrote and, you know, I just felt, yeah, I just, I found that a really um, an, a beautifully uplifting post that you wrote about that actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in all these extremes that the world is going through that, you know, that, you know, some people, it, it can be the best year ever. And I know it was for you. Yeah. yeah, it really was. Uh, it was a year ago now where I, I had a massive, massive shift and felt that I'd released a lot of my past trauma. And so that was a huge, I guess, up-leveling for me personally and to yeah. then be able to take that into my professional life as well. And, yeah, obviously, you know, when everything first went a little pear-shaped at the beginning of 2020. I had a, uh-oh, what have I done? Quitting all my paid employment. Um, but that was only momentary. And, I, you know, I really found that the, the work that I've been doing in the world has been actually incredibly needed at this time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that during this time a lot of... Um, 
Yeah, there've been so many feelings and emotions that have come up to the surface. Mm. So your background, especially, you know, not only working with youth as well. I mean, I want to ask you whether you work with teenagers now as well and youth, but um, I, a lot of trauma, a lot of trauma in all contexts of the word trauma, you know, has, mm. has come up a lot for a lot of people. I know people that I've supported through this year. Yeah. So absolutely, your work has been needed a lot. I really want to say thank you for sharing what you've shared just then as well. I know that it's, um, yeah, I know that it's your story that you feel so passionate about supporting others with. But I also always love to acknowledge that it's not, it's not always easy to share those parts of ourselves. So I really want to thank you for that. Yeah, and I think it's inspiring. I wanted to ask you, with ankylosing spondylitis, which I'm very aware of with, you know, being with my background as well, exactly what that is. Yeah, you know I was that, just um, to say you said that so beautifully. Oh, well, <laughs> you clearly said I, that before. Oh, I've been working in the health field for so long now, so I'm very yeah. aware of ankylosing spondylitis. I've seen a lot of clients with it actually, so, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I wondered, because I have... Um, a passion as you do as well, maybe in slightly different ways, but both have a passion for mind body, you know, connection and our understanding of, of feelings and emotions on our health and well-being. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think that the sexual trauma that you went through um, had some manifestation within your body that was, you know, correlated or had you know do you see a link between those emotions and your physical body yes absolutely uh, i i believe that it is all intricately connected yeah um, yeah and the there was a clear trigger for the onset of my condition and um it it wasn't sexual trauma but i do believe that having that trauma being held in my body and and not having it released um, definitely adds to you know the stress in my cells and um, and then the switching on of particular genes um, you know because ankylosing spondylitis is a genetic condition um, and it's at some point in your life can be switched on so I believe that there was an event that switched that on and then I was able to do the work to undo that and switch it back off again. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So what are some ways that you found most powerful to do that, Lisa? So there has been many things, but the most powerful for me was probably changing my diet. Yes. And... <laughs> So, you know, I just ate what I thought was a healthy diet until I realised it was not a healthy diet, yeah. <laughs> like many of us do. So I, um, in the beginning, I was incredibly disciplined with my food because I was in so much pain from the condition that it was, it was just not even a question for me. It was very easy to um, eat quite strictly so that I could get myself back into a, um, a better state. Um, and 
you know, a long time, I, I now eat a lot more intuitively to my body. But at the time, I removed gluten and all grains. So I didn't even eat rice or quinoa or buckwheat. It was just all gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I removed dairy, sugar, eggs, coffee, alcohol, so many things. <laughs> jerky on it all, yeah? Yeah, yes. And it was. It was... Um, you know, I'd never been exposed to uh, natural health prior to that. Mm-hmm. So it was a very eye-opening experience for me. And none of my friends were, you know, in that space either. So it was very kind of foreign. Mm-hmm. And and I just thought, well, if I'm going to give this a go, I'm going to go all in. And so I did. And that was that really significantly reduced my pain, but it didn't quite get rid of it. And then some of the other things that I found really powerful were meditation. So unraveling some of that stress on my body. Mm. And I also had kinesiology and, um, bioresonance therapy or bicom therapy. Oh, I've heard of that, but I don't really know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm probably not the best person to explain (laughs) what it is because I just go in there and I trust and they do their thing. But Mm -hmm. it's it's looking at the frequency, I believe. So the the frequencies in your body, it's an, an energy modality and there is a machine that you are linked up to and there's, yeah, testing of things that your body is not aligning with. Is that different to kinesiology? Um, I have no idea. Oh, I need to look <laughs> it up now. I don't know. You know, there are so many different therapies these days. I know. You know? So it, was, it, it was my kinesiologist who recommended this therapy. Ah, okay, well, it must be slightly different then. <laughs> it has to be different because it wasn't something she was doing. and. Yeah. What it really gave me was I was able to fully control my pain levels through my food. So I'd, I'd worked out what foods were really, my body was really sensitive to, and I removed them. But what had happened was that I would then, in social settings, become quite anxious because there was never anything that completely fitted my (laughs) quite detailed list of uh, requirements. So I was finding that that was not going to be sustainable long-term to maintain such a strict diet. And my kinesiologist, um, she recommended this uh, bioresonance therapist and said that she'll be able to change the way that those foods interact with my body and stop my body from um, rejecting them or or becoming inflamed because of them so i when i received that therapy i was then able to eat the foods that i wasn't that used to cause pain so i'd gotten to a point where if i went out and i just decided i would have a meal because i couldn't eat something on the menu I would be in excruciating pain that night. It was like the condition just flared up massively and it would remain that way for five nights and then the pain would just 
uh, go down again. So it got me to the space where I was able to go out and enjoy a meal, not stress about what was in it, and I wouldn't have the same reaction. And that just gave me so much more freedom, which I was so Absolutely. thankful for. Gosh, yes. Yeah. And so, you know, now because I understand the power of food in um, in healing our body, but just keeping ourselves really well. I, I still eat incredibly well when I'm at home, but I fully, fully enjoy myself when I go out as well. And I will eat the pizza and I will enjoy every last bite of it. Mm, yeah. 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 So beautiful. Yeah. I've heard many people say a similar story to you because I've been a nutritionist, a naturopath or a therapist, you know, even before my coaching days for yeah. years now. And when I was working in private practice, I owned a, a health clinic in Melbourne mm-hmm. here. And I would see so many clients each day, a lot of, a lot of people with mm-hmm. inflammatory health conditions and autoimmune conditions as well. And so many eliminations of foods <laughs> That, you know, to, to absolutely support someone with digestive health and how that can then help our overall health. And I've had that experience in my own life as well. Yeah. It's something that I became so mindful of and a little bit concerned, I will say, was the amount of, um, you know, and I knew I had this experience myself when I was diagnosed with celiac disease. It was so, so many years ago. So I, I was, you know, a practitioner who really understood what it was like to tell a client or just to encourage a client to go off certain foods because I knew how difficult it was for myself, you know, as a 20-year-old a at the time to have to do that, you know. But when you add other things to that, you know, and you take out all these grains, as you said, and then you take out you take out all dairy and you take out all sugar and you take out all these things and you really left with, with this very, very restricted and limited diet that can actually, I feel moving forward, <laughs> be a psychological thing in itself. You know, it can actually lead to even more stress and anxiety in itself, you know, and I know that there are different ways that we can, work through that and to find our own balance again with that um you know i love that you found your own way with doing it i think that mind minds mind body work and mindset work and even nlp and um i don't know even even some cognitive behavior sort of techniques that i use with clients as well you know our emotional reaction to our foods as well like how we even start to develop this relationship with our foods and our fear of these foods yeah Yeah. um can actually even you know it can become this sort of complex thing you know but when we find a balance with it and a harmony with it you know and just yeah i mean that's freedom you know it's it's very very stressful for people to to have a life isn't it where they're continually going out to restaurants with a list of a whole list of foods that they just can't eat and the misery that that can cause a lot of people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it can be, it can bring up so many emotions and, Mm. you know, a lot of people have their very kind of, we have interesting relationship with food already, don't we? You know, emotional connections and 
Yeah. You know, and, and through my journey, that has been a really, um, really lovely part of it as well is I feel like, you know, not all of it's released. I, I think I, I definitely still do emotional eating at, at times, but really coming back to seeing food as nourishing my body. Mm. And, and when I'm at home, I don't have anything in my home that I is good for my health, but I see that I have an abundance of options. Yeah. Yeah. Love that, Lisa. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. And I think your, your mindset around that is very powerful. You can, you can look at it in a way that, oh, you know, I can't eat this, can't eat this, can't eat this. I'm so restricted. But if you just look at everything that you do and can eat and, you know, one thing I order my fruit and vegetables online and they're delivered each week from an organic place in South Australia. And one thing I love to do is every week I try and order a vegetable that is not my go-to. It's mm-hmm. not my standard list so that I'm incorporating new things all the time. And then I get it and I'm like, oh, what do I do with this? What kind of a meal do I create from this? And so it forces a little bit more creativity in the kitchen. Yeah. Gets your body also used to different foods. And yeah, Yeah. I love that too. I have an organic veggie box that's delivered every week too. I love that. It's one of my favourite parts of the week. It's just actually been a really... um, Well, I suppose I've been ordering it for longer maybe than this year, but I mean, absolutely consistently this year, rather than going out to the to the, to the organic shop. But I love the delivery of it, and I don't ask for specific foods. I just love that um, that organic food embraces the seasons. I love yeah. that way of eating. I love that way yeah. of eating. I think it's actually a very healthy. I think they, when I gosh, going back so many years now, when I first studied naturopathy and nutrition, we were taught about all these different types of eating and diets and all these sorts of things. And even when I did my health coaching through IIN, yeah, um, yeah I did that course because I was just really interested in all these different perspectives from different lecturers and teachers. And often they refer to it as the Mediterranean diet as being one of the healthiest ways of eating. And I, I really agree with that because they really do embrace their seasonal produce there. Yeah. The freshness. Yeah, and I think that that must be also just very healthy for the human body to sort of grow up in a way that we're just completely eating with the seasons and, I don't know, all the new talk that's coming up even more about our microbiome and all this. I think that there's so much in that. There's so much richness that comes through our soil and so much that comes through eating with the seasons and the growth through the seasons you know so and eating locally as well because the foods that thrive the most in your local community are the foods that you thrive the most on Mm. because uh, foods that are grown in different climates grow well there to feed people in those climates really well. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. And so often I think people forget or are, perhaps are very unaware that when we order our fruit and vegetables from the supermarket, do you know those times, I don't do it anymore, but do you know those times where um, 
a vegetable might arrive and it's freezing cold because it's been in the freezer. Yeah. You might order a fruit that's just completely out of season and you open it and it's a completely different colour than you expected inside because it's actually been picked way too early and it's been in some storing facility <laughs> to ripen in a really unnatural way. Yeah. So eating organic food is mm. just such a profound has just such a profound effect on our health in so many ways. And um, often I have people say to me, and I know we're going off topic here, but I'll just say this because I think it's really important actually. I have people say to me quite often, but Katie, it's really expensive. And I understand that. And I'm always really understanding of that. And, but I also, when people do say that to me, I encourage them to think about well, what's something what's your priority in your life? You know, yes. because I understand that it's more expensive. Unfortunately, it is more expensive. But is it a privilege? Do we have to see it as a privilege? Perhaps it is for some people, yes. But for some people, there might be changes that you can make in other aspects of your life. And you could forego some other things in your life to actually not see it as a privilege, but to actually choose this as what I spend and invest my money on each week or every fortnight or whatever it is. So, yeah, I think it's something that um, health, eating healthy is just so important. And, you know, those of us who are so in tune with our health and well-being, or, you know, live with a health condition or have been healed from a health condition really have an understanding of that. And, yeah. um, I just love to, to encourage people to, to think about their whole lifestyles and what's a change that you could make in your whole lifestyle that, that, you know, could mean that you can actually understand that you can invest in this, you can afford this, you know? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, you know, things that we perceive as being too expensive is that we don't feel like there's value in it. Mm. yeah and so again it comes down to your mindset around it and different people prioritize and value different things yeah and yeah and you know for me it's a non-negotiable is yes. buying organic produce yes yeah so you know that that comes first for me and if that means that I miss out on something else then it means that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you know, through this whole year of COVID, I haven't, oh, until recently, I spent so many months not eating out at all, just cooking every single, cooking all the time, just eating at home all the time. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, I've mostly done that anyway through my life, but I've never really been a takeaway person, an eating out person, yes, but not a takeaway person necessarily. Mm. But um, that's been a, a huge change probably in the lives of a lot of people is eating from home a lot more and perhaps hopefully embracing more food and eating in healthier ways. And, yeah, I love what you mentioned about creating, you know, like enjoying a new a new vegetable each week and having creative and playful ways of cooking that and finding a recipe. And yeah, I love it when I see little posts pop up of somebody who's ordered something and they'll say, guess what this is, or who wants to guess what this fruit is or this vegetable is. And yeah, yeah, it's amazing. 
Yeah. You have a beautiful, a beautiful thing on your Instagram page that I read out before and I thought it would be lovely just to ask you about, Mm -hmm. which was follow the golden thread home to the healer within. Yeah. And I think that's a really beautiful thing because is that something that you consider would be your message for a lot of, a lot of people and absolutely my message and what is the golden thread or how, how do you encourage yourself and others to find the golden thread? Yeah. Yeah. So that is something that came to me when I was, I was thinking about what I wanted my business to encapsulate I what I wanted its message to be and and why I was starting this business and I was thinking about I came across the term the golden thread and it was it's in reference to spirituality and how everything in the universe is interconnected Mm. it's all interconnected we're all one and I really loved that term And I also, I just sort of had this visual that, again, with my experience, it was very much that the answer is not outside of me, it is within me, uh, because the universe is within me. And so, yeah, I just really loved the idea of following that golden thread back home and knowing that you can find the answers within you. Mm-hmm. And it also, for me, really referenced that there is so much support available. So that interconnectedness of community, mm-hmm. the uh, interconnectedness of the various modalities that I used along the way and was introduced to that really supported my healing that taught me more about myself and uh yeah I just the moment I came across it I just knew that yes that's it I really love that term Mm -hmm. and it's yeah just a beautiful message for people to be reminded of I think a lot of times when we are unwell or you know whether that's physically whether that's in terms of mindset we have this automatic kind of maybe conditioned response to look outside of us for the answers and to think that somebody else might be able to fix us Mm. or we take, you know, for me growing up, I would go to the doctor and I would get medication and I would mask the symptoms of whatever was going on for me. And yeah, when I follow the golden thread home, it's like getting to the root cause of what's going on. Yeah. Very much naturopathy principles there as well. Yeah. Underlying, you know, not just treating symptom level, but getting to the root cause. Yes. Root cause. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I love the golden thread. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. I really love it too. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some ways that you love to support those who come to you to follow their golden thread to know, you know, Mm. it resides within. Yeah. So I, I talk to uh, 
all of my clients a lot about meditation. I find meditation or, and you know, whether that is sitting traditionally in meditation or whether that is finding their own type of flow and meditation. So whether that be dancing or walking in nature, whatever that might be. Yeah. And the, the other thing that I support my clients in doing is, you know, through NLP and hypnotherapy is supporting them to release suppressed emotions and mm. beliefs that at some point in their life they've decided to hold on to mm. and allowing them to go back into their unconscious this mind and take the learnings from that, those moments to be able to release them. And, and so I'm guiding them on that journey, but they're the ones that are finding the learning and the gold um, to be able to release that and, you know, allowing them to, when it clears that energy channel by releasing all of that, I find that people are then able to, really tune into what it is that they truly want and desire. Mm. And so much as not be on autopilot so much, but know that they can choose and they can create. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. it's very empowering. There's a beautiful timeline therapy or yes. a visualization that I've done through NLP, which is, yeah, just, I've been training in NLP as well, just to add yeah. it. It's been really interesting for me because as a, as a psychologist, as a therapist, there's a lot of, not all of it, but there are some NLP things that are very, that are very complimentary to, to therapy. I, I feel yeah. just so it's wonderful yeah. like that. Yeah. But you've been training in NLP this year, haven't you? Or last year. Yeah, so I finished my master practitioner training in February of last year yeah. and I'm actually assisting in this year's master practitioner training. Um, and so I, it's beautiful because I get to sort of reabsorb all of the content while I'm supporting um, the current students. And yeah, I really, I really love NLP and, um, and hypnotherapy, timeline therapy in supporting um, my coaching clients to, yeah, just be able to really clear of the past that's been holding them back and help them to uh, live, I guess, more in the present moment mm -hmm. um, and design, design their life and design what they want it to look like. Yeah. So I really love that. And and I find it, it just complements so much with, all of the health stuff as well, you know, because like we know, it's it's all so interconnected. Yeah, mind yeah. body connection. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. are so many feelings and emotions and experiences in life that so many of us suppress, you know, for for many reasons. Yeah, mm. and sometimes I think that we may know that we're doing it, and then yes. there are other times when it's a completely subconscious you know way yeah, that just a pattern that we're yeah. so conditioned that we don't even realize that we're conditioned yeah. i remember yeah. so i've i've had experiences with so many so many clients over the years where they haven't actually 
realized that they've even been through a particular experience until you use that, you know, going, going deeper. And it's, you know, sometimes that can be very confronting and quite challenging, but at the same time, so empowering really to, to get there and to understand how, you know, being within that experience and knowing that it's, it's safe to be within that experience. Yes. Heal so much. So Yeah. And I think, you know, the story that we attach to things is so powerful. And, um, you know, what I love to share with my clients is that some of the, or the greatest challenges in my life, some of the things that have happened to me are the things that, I'm now most thankful for because they've provided this opportunity for growth and understanding and create this richness and this depth to, um, I guess what I'm, what I'm now doing in the world. And, um, I, yeah, I just really, um, find that we can create different stories around our challenges that become, allow them to become more empowering. Mm. rather than allow them to keep a hold on us and and yeah. hold us back in life. Do you feel that that's what you were able to do with your sexual assault, yes. your rape that you've mentioned? Yes. As well? yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's an incredibly traumatic, you know, experience to have, you know. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, the thing with that trauma as well is that, it didn't just happen once because I then replayed it in my mind for years. And so it, it felt like it just happened over and over and over again. Mm. And, you know, that I can still access that memory, but I released the emotion that was attached to that. And Mm. I, I think I, the other really powerful thing that I did in releasing it was taking radical responsibility for the part that I played in creating it. And that's obviously a really challenging place mm. to, pretty tough pill to swallow, right? Yeah. Um, you know, but understanding how my beliefs about myself mm. and my beliefs about men and sort of all of these different factors came together and what, you know, that's quite confronting, I think, for a lot of people to hear me say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But what I found really powerful in that is that prior to that, I, I was the victim of that situation and my power was outside of me and again this is why follow the golden thread home is really important to me because what happened is that I took responsibility for those um, events in my life that had happened and when I did that I just felt this immense power flood back into my body And so when I knew that I played a part in creating that reality 
in my mind that I, I knew that I had the power then to uncreate mm. and, and to ensure that that, that doesn't happen. I changed the story and it doesn't need to continue to be a part of mm. me. Yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful. Yeah. Very, um, personal. Yes. Very powerful. Yeah. And I just had this huge sense of liberation from you as you were saying, because I have the honour of, of, of watching you while I'm talking to you. So I can see how that, how your body and how that made you feel just to express that as well. I can really feel the truth of that for you. Yeah. Yeah. Such a liberating, a liberating thing, but deeply personal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been an incredible experience and mm. yeah, now I, I just Great love you sharing your, your story and your experience and, you know, it's probably a perfect time to ask you whether you work with young people and with young women as well, because there's so much in, in your experience mm -hmm. and the trauma of that, that, um, I feel so, you know, I feel quite moved by it. And yeah, is that something that you feel drawn to helping and supporting younger, young women, not all women really, but young women come to mind as well, you know? Yeah. yeah. So at the moment, um, you know, the people that I want to reach, they're there doesn't, there's not an age on it. Um, so the people who I really feel strongly about wanting to support are women who have experienced sexual trauma and sexual trauma doesn't have to look like the trauma that I experienced. I think there's a very wide range of what we can include in sexual trauma yeah. and, um, yeah, and so I feel very passionate about supporting women of all ages and because I feel so strongly that I've embodied and I know the power that a woman can regain and I really want to share my journey because I think it can inspire people and to know that they don't have to continue to live and re-traumatise themselves with their past. That, mm. And, you know, mine is unique and everybody has a unique journey and I really hope that I can allow some of that to open up for others, mm. um, for them to be able to start on their journey. Yeah. 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 Yeah, sexual trauma in so many different ways that it can can be felt and experienced by uh -huh. so many of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're so right. You know, it's not it's not an age. It's because some women can carry it through their entire lifetimes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's such power in in um, yeah what you said about it not having such a hold, you know, that experience not having such a hold on you that you have the power to, to create, you know, your own, you know, in your words, your own reality, you know, moving, yes. moving forward from it, you know. So, yeah. 
Yeah. And um, yeah, I just sort of want to come back to that again, that it happens once, but we tend to do it to ourselves over and over because of the way that we replay it. Mm. Um, And yeah, so I, I love to support people to be able to release some of the hold on those memories so that they don't carry as much heavy negative energetic weight to them. Yeah. 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 So it's been, it's being able to let go of the memories of it, the vision, the visions of it, of how you, you see that experience. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's not letting go of the memory because like I said before, like I can still access the memory and I still know exactly what happened in, in the way that, I remember it, right? Because what is reality? Um, yeah. Um, what what I have been able to do is release the emotion attached to it, release the story attached to it, release the beliefs that I created about myself from that moment. Mm. And, and when I've been able to do that, mm. it's, because the, the weight is shifted from it, you know, in our past, we, we remember the things that have the strongest emotional energy attached to it. So we remember the best moments of our life because we have, um, you know, all of these emotions swirling around that event. But we also remember some of the most awful times of our life for the very same reason as a really strong emotional connection. And so when you're able to release the emotion from an event, it's still there and you can still access it, but not in the same way. It doesn't seem to have the same weight in my um, memory. And, and it's also, it's just something that happened Mm. rather than it defining who I am and it defining my future. It's just something that happened. Very special, yeah. Yeah. Very powerful in what you said about the beliefs in how you saw yourself, the beliefs that you had of yourself. Mm. Yeah. I think that's incredibly empowering for all of us as women. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I, you know, I really see that the work that I do is there has, there is, a culture, right? Everyone, everybody knows a woman who has experienced sexual trauma. Mm. It's, and, and that's a horrible thing, right? That yeah. it's, that there's that kind of common, um, common place. yeah, common thread. Yeah. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It is a very, it is a really stark reality and it is a very, yeah, yeah. very and, awful thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, to me, that that really shows us that there are things that we need to heal within ourselves so that as the feminine, we rise and we allow our power to come back into ourselves mm. so that we are more empowered beings. We, we don't perceive ourselves as the feminine being weak mm. because the feminine is not weak. The feminine is infinitely powerful yeah but we have been conditioned to believe that the feminine is not that 
Um, and feminine is the nice and and you know all and pretty and yeah. and do the right things sort of you know that's that's the association that you know a lot of people would have with the yeah yeah and, and ease field and I I mean that is probably some of it but I know that this is also a passion of yours is to talk about um, embracing the feminine so yeah, yeah I I would love you to talk a little bit more about that but I know that from a you know a more you know, it does kind of depend on what age group you talk to these days as well. If when, when you talk about feminine and masculine energies and these sorts of yes. things, but um, yeah, the feminine is very powerful and strong. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She's wild and unpredictable and mm. she's creative. She's, she births life and I think that's been a really powerful part of my journey is that, um, you know, I've grown up believing that the masculine or the masculine energy is the stronger energy. That's the energy that succeeds. And so I have lived in a masculine world and I have uh, worked in masculine roles in masculine systems And I didn't have awareness of that. That's not something that I I knew what that was going on. But now that I have um, created a little bit more awareness around those energies, I can see that I I grew up believing that the feminine was weak. Mm. Yeah. And what I'm coming to realise now is that that is could not be more wrong (laughs) that the feminine is not weak that the the feminine is just infinite and incredibly intelligent and that there is this beautiful flow and ease that um yeah I've just I've just really loved that journey of kind of reclaiming and again it's the story that we create around it, right? If we, if we tell ourselves that feminine essence is, is weak and the lesser, then we don't see all the parts of that that are so needed mm-hmm. to balance us. And, you know, what I realised is that I'd been pushing, pushing, pushing to be in this sort of masculine world and that's exhausting, because a feminine in feminine essence is more being mm. and cultivating that spaciousness mm. and allowing allowing things to flow more easily and effortlessly and and knowing that there is infinite knowing mm. that's beautiful that's so true yeah i feel every word that you've said there yeah, I think it's not such a new thing, but maybe a new thing to a lot of to a lot of people to discover more of the feminine power within us, or yes. to find ways to to tune into that. You know, yes. especially if you know it, res- it resonates a lot 
for me because mm -hmm. I come from a background, you know, I guess, you know, back, I say background, but most of us, you know, we come from background, but it's still an inherent part of us really. Um, yes. Of being a high achiever, being a high performer, being driven, being motivated. Um, yeah, I guess not necessarily, I think being surrounded in, in the masculine world, although maybe I have been, but I've been more comfortable. That hasn't been something I've associated with being negative at all. It's probably, mm -hmm. interestingly, some of my role models or those I've felt closest to in my life have been males. So it's, yeah. Um, but certainly from a background of pushing myself yeah. and striving and... Mm -hmm you know, being driven and motivated and succeeding and achieving. And then, you know, when life knocks us around a little bit or something happens, a health thing or another experience or whatever it is, you know, in our lives that, that might happen and they turn our lives, you know, upside down in certain ways. Um, I think it's in those times that we can really find these parts or feel Mm. compelled to to find these more become more attuned to these parts of ourselves yeah yeah and you know it's definitely an, a new discovery for me and mm. and it's it's working out that balance of the masculine and feminine within me and and how they beautifully work together mm. rather than against each other or rather than one dominating the other it's how can they be in sync? How can one honour the other? Yeah. Harmony. Mm. Harmony, yeah. And also yeah. I think it's a misconception, you know, that I suppose it's kind of similar to what I said earlier, but, you know, the feminine being floaty and and and, and pretty and ease. I mean, ease-filled, yes, and in flow and all those beautiful things. But also the feminine energy can also be very driven and very motivated in that as well, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, Certainly when I look at you, for instance, I see you as such a little effervescent bubble of, of motivation and momentum. That's, that's how I really do visualise you in many ways and see this, you know, from you. So yeah. to me, that's a perfectly, perfect example of someone who's found her feminine energy, who's living it. And it's not just, you know, soft and, and, allowing it's those things but it is also you know a lot of powerful force as yeah, well yeah it is a powerful yeah. force and that's very um yeah it's certainly an energy that that's an energy that i feel from you a lot is and and motivational and inspirational yeah mm. effervescent sort of energy a lot yeah. I love that. thank you i um from things that i've i've read of yours and yeah, just talking to you today as well. And it's like a, you're like a little light bulb that you can switch on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that visual. Yeah, it's a beautiful energy. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So what would be a lovely place for us to close? Because I, I think that we could probably talk for a long time, but maybe I could just ask you, well, what do you feel, talking about light bulbs, <laughs> mm -hmm. what do you feel is lighting you up right now and bringing you joy and momentum? 
to your life and how you see where you are in this place of time. So what is lighting me up right now is it's all business related basically because I just feel so inspired to share my story with the world and I have done some energetic planning for 2021 around um, looking at who I want to reach and yeah, I think I am writing a book at the moment, which... Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yes, which I know you've just released uh, your book. Oh, but it's not... The book I've written is not like a, a life story. This one isn't a life story. It's just a little book of calm. But yours, yeah. yours is going to be a, a bit more of a life story, yeah? Yes, it will be... Uh, it will definitely incorporate um, parts of my story in a in a way that is, um, I guess, teaching as well or, or sharing um, parts of my journey that were really valuable. Yeah, um, oh, I'm yeah. Really excited for you to do that, Lisa. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm loving that process at the moment of bringing that all together, and. Yeah, so there's so many things that are sort of bubbling away at the moment that I just love. It just gives me so much energy to spend time on those things. And I really love that this year I will be able to reach more women and support more women on their journeys. And I just can't wait to, yeah, continue to meet people. Yeah. And... Yeah, support. You mentioned that you've done, I want to ask you, you've mentioned that you've done energy planning or some energy. You know, what does that look like? What, is, what does it look like when you do energy planning? Yeah, so this is something that I did with one of my own coaches. And what I did was it was to sort of summarise it very quickly. Is for I looked at 2020 and looked at, all of the things that I celebrated, everything that went really well, everything that I loved about 2020 and wrote a list and sort of brought all of that really positive energy from 2020 to now. And then I visualized 2020 as well. And I looked at where in my life was my energy leaking. Mm. There was uh, maybe energy going to things that, was not where I wanted it to go. And so when I identified that, then I can look forwards and I can look at where some of that leaky energy holes can be plugged up Mm. to allow more energy to be coming into the things that I, where I want it to go. Yeah. And then I also looked at, I made a list of the things that really cultivate that energy within me. And so maybe they're not necessarily things that I have been practicing regularly, but it's just knowing the things that fill my energy cup up so strongly. And that's generally really feminine based activities, activities where you're in flow that tend to be more creative, connected to nature. And then once I've identified that, I have this energy that I can now choose to put into the things that I want in my life. And so then it goes more into 
What do I want 2021 to look like? What are the things that I would like to achieve? Um, what to, yeah, how do I want to feel? And so it just, it is like a goal setting practice, but it just, it felt really rich. And um, I really, it's the first time I've done this kind of um, practice around my, the new year it was more of an energetic um, practice and it feels really, really powerful. Mm. Yeah. So I would encourage anyone who's mm. listening to do that, to yeah. make those lists and then, and then you can choose to channel that energy and it's cleaner energy that you can, um, you're, I guess, just more deliberate in where you're spending your energy. Mm, beautiful. Clearer energy. Mm. I love that. Yeah. It's beautiful. More directional, more intentional in the way yeah. you want to. Yeah. It's beautiful. I think that's a really gorgeous place to finish and to close. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. I think that's a really beautiful. I'm going to do that practice myself. I think yeah. It's a really beautiful way to, yeah, to really intentionally move into mm -hmm. this year. You know, setting goals can feel very heavy and very yes. um, pressured and expected of us, you know, at this time. I know that's a lot, a lot of people are talking about that at the moment, you know, that it's, yeah, setting goals, especially, I suppose, because we are still in a time of, of a lot of, of so much uncertainty, you know. Yeah. A lot of people have said to me that they're finding it very difficult to, to set goals because, they don't really know what's going to happen or if something's going to change. And I guess I always encourage, I don't really love the word goals anyway, but, you know, yeah. to, to set intentions, you know, because, and just to, I don't know, we must all find our ways to embrace change and to, to go with the flow, to be more allowing yeah. of things, to be in the present moment, uh -huh. you know, which is something that you've mentioned as well today in this conversation. Um, but to not stop setting intentions because we still have things that we want to and we desire to move towards. And I think that, you know, for ourselves as individuals, it's really important for us to keep being mindful of our energy and to keep being mindful of staying uplifted and hopeful yes. and optimistic yeah. and, yeah. Yeah. You know, and Raise our yeah. vibration would be a word, that, a term that you might use. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah we do create our own realities. Mm. Yeah. So we do have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And we can all be a part of creating the reality for us all collectively too, can't we? Mm -hmm. Which is so important. Yeah. All starts to come home to yourself first. Yes, it does. It resides yeah. within. Yes. Follow, follow the golden thread home. <laughs> Did you want to um, finish the conversation with anything, Lisa? With any just parting notes for anyone listening in? I'd just like to really thank you for this conversation today, Katie. I have thoroughly enjoyed um, our chats and for you giving me the opportunity to share to your audience mm. and yeah thank you oh it's my pleasure it's been beautiful to see you 
I have the pleasure of seeing you. So <laughs> beautiful to see your face and to feel your effervescent energy. And yeah, just to connect with you and to hear about your story again. I really would like to thank you for sharing, for sharing what you have. Yeah. And I'm really excited for what's to come with you. I think writing a book sounds so luscious. And very brave, but really wonderful, you know, because I know that you feel so passionate about supporting women yeah. Yeah, on that path. Yeah. Yes. So thank you. Thank you for sharing what you have and for being here in conversation with me today. And thank you. Thank you to the listeners who've listened in. And I'd really love to encourage you to connect with Lisa and you can find her Instagram page at Golden Thread Collective and I'll put that below. So for now, yeah, just I'd love to thank you for, for listening in and yeah, until next time, I'll say bye for now. <laughs>